they're incredible. I mean, I just, I'm not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barca Femini. Like, they're just incredible. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Full time here in Parky Cueve and Kerry have survived the monumental scare against Cork, winning by two points on a scoreline of 114 to Cork's 15 points. Kerry went in at half time, four points ahead, but apart from David Clifford, who scored 1 3 after the break, they were a shadow of themselves in the second half. Cork had played okay in the first half, but their attack wasn't functioning well. That changed immediately after the break, and within a minute, Hurley and O'Hanlon had the gap down to two. Cork had actually kicked four of the first five scores at a half before the key moment arrived in the 45th minute. Sean Powder was blackcarded for taking down Paul Ganey as he bore down on goal. It was outside the area, but referee David Goff awarded a penalty as it denied a goal-scoring opportunity inside 21 metres. Clifford scored. Stephen Sherlock and Owen McSweeney were sent on by John Cleary and they each kicked a pair of brilliant points from play as Cork pushed Kerry all the way. The Cork players were applauded off the field by their home support at the end of the game as Kerry breathed a sigh of relief and got their first win. Kerry go on to face Loud in two weeks' time while Cork take on Mayo. Both games will be at a neutral venue. Final score here in Parque Cueve, Kerry won 14, Cork 15 points. OTB GAA Jack O'Connor, congratulations, you've come away with a two-point win here today. You needed that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were under pressure after the, the Mayo game and um, you know it was, it was it was a big ask to come up here today. You know, Cork had very little to lose. They're, they're a good team, big athletic team and uh, delighted just to get out of here with a two point win. You look good in the first half, Jack. When you moved the ball fast, you were catching Cork on the break when you turned them over. Some lovely scores, Shawnee kicked four, David kicked two, Potty kicked two. First half was good. Yeah, well, there was a there was a significant wind there. You mightn't realise that from the stands now, but the wind was I'd say it was a ten or fifteen yard wind, and uh, so we were able to move the ball by foot. David Clifford aside, he scored one three in the second half. You seemed like a shadow of yourselves. Was it just the wind, or what was the issue? Oh well, the wind was significant. Obviously, it was a ten or fifteen yard wind, and and Cork were, um, you know, very determined at the start of the second half. They kicked four points in seven minutes, and in the first half they had kicked uh, something like five points in 37 minutes so Cork came very strong and obviously put us in the back foot and you have to give credit to them but uh, yeah we'd, you'd have to be uh, a little bit concerned with the fact that, that, that we left them get a, a big rip in the game at the start of the second half You're a vastly experienced manager you've seen it all over the years with various different carry teams how do you feel you are at the minute? You've another game it's a, it's a new format you've another game left in the group in two weeks time are you worried or are you happy where you're uh, somewhere in between. Uh, I'm happy that we showed good resilience today and that we were much better, much sounder defensively than we were against um, than we were against Mayo, obviously. But a uh, bit of improving to do. Best of luck, Jack. Oh, man. Thank you. John Cleary, hard luck. Your Cork side have fallen just short today against Kerry, a two-point defeat. They were applauded off the field at the end by the Porky Cueve crowd, but how do you feel? Um, just now very disappointed because, um, look, I thought, it was a game we, we, we could and should have won. Uh, you know, I suppose a couple of things. Harsh penalty and uh, secondly, then I suppose we had scoring opportunities and didn't take them. And if you don't take them against the top teams like the All-Ireland Champions, Kerry, it'll come back to bite you and that's what it happened today. Uh, you said a harsh penalty. The, the rule book states uh, a goal-scoring opportunity inside the 21. 
yeah. a black card or a penalty can be awarded. Yes. But it has to be a goal-scoring opportunity. I looked at the video inside. There was a man inside him when Sean Potter fouled him. Uh, you have a look at it yourself again. Dan O'Mahony was there straight behind him. You know, to me, uh, he, he would have wanted to be in some goal to, to get it from where Paul Ganey was coming there along, along nearly along the end line with a man, two men to beat. Yeah, I was, I was just going to grab my phone. It, it is tight, like it's a, probably a 50-50 call either way, but it was... Well, the well, well to me, it's, it's a, I'm looking with tinted glasses, maybe it's, it doesn't seem a goal-scoring opportunity big time to me, you know what I mean? And uh, more often that they're not given, and, 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 you know, we just came at the wrong end of that decision today, um, and we're disappointed about that because uh, we didn't feel that it was that, that, that goal-scoring opportunity, and I looked at it, there's a man behind him, clear as well it was a massive moment as well John you kicked forward the first five points at the start of the second half what are you saying at half time you had loads of the ball but the attack didn't seem to be functioning as well as it could have in the first half no well well, basically we, I suppose against the wind uh, we, we pulled back Sean Potter came back as a sweeper and we were a man short they had the man extra above and there was a fo- there was a nice breeze there and uh, we knew even at half time we weren't in a in a, in, in, in a hopeless position yeah, because we had a nice breeze and, and we noticed that before the game when we went out that look if we're playing against the wind you know it's probably a four or five point wind and maybe that's nearly what it was today and uh, so I think we you know with the wind the second half we just drove on and we were able to kick the ball longer and get it in quicker and uh, subsequently we got our scores from that you know John a lot of neutrals watching on once David Clifford buried that penalty would have thought it was game over but Cork like you dominated that entire second half to be fair you're still in it right up to the end a big part of that was the decision you made to bring on Stephen Sherlock and Owen McSweeney shortly afterwards they kicked five points between them that was, that was a big boost in the second half absolutely look they're two good players and they had started um, you know started against Clare in the championship started a lot of the league games but maybe we felt we needed a bit of impetus from the bench today and that's why they were held back and in fairness, they gave us that when they came on. They were very positive. Um, and look, I would have expect the least I would have expected even after the penalty was that our lads would keep fighting, and that's what they did. Uh, on another day, Kerry might have pulled away and did, you know, went up six, seven, eight, nine points. But uh, credit to our lads, you know, they stuck in there, they kept fighting. And uh, but look, we just fell up short, and that's disappointing. That's an interesting one um, on Sherlock. In particular, uh, a lot of people from the outside would look on at the scoring stats and, and see him as being a, a sharpshooter. Um, he's, he's done with Club and County over the last couple of years. We saw Vinnie Corey and Monaghan make a decision ahead of the Derry game. They had obviously been beaten three weeks beforehand and he dropped two corner mm. forwards for players with more running power. Is, is that part of the reason why? Is that what you're seeing? Well, look, you know, the more you, you, you look at these games and, and, and look at teams, uh, you, you probably need a starting team and a finishing team. And, uh, you know, if you can have your scorers fresh coming down the home stretch and it showed there with, with Owen and, and they were able to get it round when, when, you know, others were flagging and particularly when the backs were flagging a bit and they were able to get the space and, and when they got the space, they were well able to score and that's what they did today. So, look, it's maybe horses for courses and, and you know, it might be completely something different the next day uh, when, we're, when we're playing Mayo. So we just judged game to game and how we can get the best out of our panel. You finished middle of the road in Division 2. Clare knocked you out then in Munster. So people have probably underestimated Cork a little bit coming into this all-around 
round robin series. Are you enjoying this year? Are you enjoying the amount of progress that you're seeing? Yeah, look, we would have been happy enough with the league because, as I said, we were kind of a new management and we had a new coach in Kevin Walsh and we didn't get a lot of time to, to prepare because, look, we could only start training in December. Our game started the first week of January and we were trying to work on the job, really. Um, we we had some very good performances in the league and just a couple of poor ones. Not poor ones, we had no poor performance in the league, but we just got pipped. I think the most we got beaten was by four points in the couple of games we got beaten. And you know we 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 got beaten by two points for Dublin, and we drew with Derry. So that that showed like where we were. We went up to Kildare, and we had a very good victory. We probably lost against Meath and and lost against Louth in the league, which were disappointing. But we were learning all the way, and we were trying to put our game plan into into place. Um, and against Clare, we look we had a bad. 15 minutes 20 minutes in the second half and they came and, 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 and just pipped us we were very disappointed with that but we, we, we weren't deflated or anything like that we got back on the horse fairly quickly and we said look we're a work in progress we're trying to do things and um, look against load some of it was good some of it was bad but look we showed great fight and resolve at the end and, and today now maybe was against the better teams we were happy enough that at least we were able to compete there with, with, with the very best carry being the All-Ireland champions Could this new format be a leveller in that sense that it gives new coaching teams like yourselves the chance to grow and progress and get a game plan in place like you're having more games than ever now absolutely you, you know um, the, the league is placed you know it's, it's Sunday after Sunday after Sunday really and it, it takes a bit of time to bed down maybe tactics or bed down what you're actually trying to do with the team and as I said this is our first year trying to do it so look uh, we knew then after the league look we're guaranteed three more games in the good weather uh, you know, on fine pitches, and um, so we said, look, we, we that's ten competitive games in 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 five months, which is and we had the McGrath Cup before that, which was three more, so that's thirteen games, which guys normally mightn't have, and it does, as you said, there gives it it gives a good chance to bed down tactics, um, you know, give players a chance, and um, so I, I I think it it can be a leveler going forward, and and um, maybe a few tweaks along the way, but I think it's a, it's a good system, yes, yeah. Mayo up next in two weeks' time. Best of luck on that one. Yeah, yeah. As I said, look, the Mayor, the farm team, probably in Ireland this year, won the league. Uh, I saw them against Kerry and they blew Kerry away a, a couple of weeks ago. So at the moment, they are the team to beat. But look, we'll dust ourselves down. We we, we have a break now. The last uh, two weeks were fairly hectic. Uh, and we'll head wherever, wherever that's fixed for in two weeks' time and hopefully we can give a good account of ourselves again. Thanks, John. No problem. James O'Donoghue. We should do more games together. The weather is glorious once more, but this time, Kerry have won. Last time we were in Killarney, they lost to Mayo. This time, they've beaten Cork by two points. Jesus, that was close. It was, it was. I think I only do games where it's plus 20 degrees Celsius, but it was a very close game, very entertaining game. Um, first half had absolutely no shape whatsoever to it. When I was looking at it, Kerry had their full forward line Cork had their full forward line and the rest of the game was just bodies around the middle it was hard to know who was picking up who who was playing where it was just a case of we'll shoot you shoot using a kind of just a random shape and Kerry kind of built up a bit of a lead but it was only because of Cork's inability to finish their shooting was poor they created some great chances to slot the ball over the bar and get back and face a kick out but they dropped them short they dribbled them wide they kicked them high and wide and Kerry were able to then use that to get momentum going the other way and kind of be more clinical. Second half then, at half time we were thinking, will Cork come out now and absolutely rattle this or will Kerry go on and maybe chip a few and, and, 
and go away with an easy win. But Cork came out all guns blazing. Kerry did not come out of the dressing room at halftime well at all. Cork were really into it. Powder was driving them. Hurley got a mark and two frees. And they brought on Owen McSweeney and Jason Sherlock. Stephen Sherlock. Stephen Sherlock. Sorry, I always have Jason Sherlock in the mind. Hero. Um, and they got some great points from play. And they really did rattle Kerry at that stage. But the game hinged on one decision. And it's going to be a debate all week. Um, what happened was Powder had the ball in the middle of the field, under no pressure really, went to pass the ball to, to one of his teammates, got turned over. At that stage it was 2v2, um, a goal chance for Kerry. And Tom Sullivan slipped Paul Ganey in just in the 15 attacking slot. And I think that Ganey saw Powder. And this is the kind of the intelligence of a player at times. I think that Ganey saw Powder and he, he kind of thought, that this man physically is, is smaller than me, I can go around him for the goal chance. And he could have also thought that Powder was the one who was after giving away the ball in the first place. Because because Powder gave away the ball, Powder was in a state of, I need to stop this attack. I can't let this go in the back of the net because I'm the one who's after making the mistake. So he has to, to stop the ball some way. And I think that all this is going through Ganey's head. He tries to go around Powder, Powder brings him down. And as soon as Ganey hits the deck, He's up and he's in Goff's ear saying, I was going to score a goal, what are you going to do? And he, he planted the seed in Goff's head. And the rule is that if you stop a goal scoring opportunity inside the 21, it's a black card and a penalty. So Goff went to the, to the umpires and they decided black card and a penalty. I mean, unbelievably harsh, but that is the rule. Speaking to John Cleary afterwards... He, he had questions about it he thought it was very harsh he was like it would have been a hell of a goal and we're looking at a screenshot here of the moment where Powder makes contact with Ganey now yeah. Cleary and the Cork team contend that they had a man covering O'Mahony and O'Driscoll are behind Paul Ganey about three yards behind at that time do you think Ganey is scoring goal here against Michal Martin from that angle? I think I think that Paddy Clifford's probably scoring a goal there if I'm being honest I think that Ganey will if he gets past Powder there He's getting just outside um, the six-yard box and he's probably flicking it across the square because I think that Brian O'Driscoll is going more towards Ganey there mm. and I think the ball is onto the back post for a tap-in. Or Ganey could easily get past Powder and open his body and put it to the keeper's left and into the far corner. So, look, it's hypothetical because he brought him down. It's semantics, yeah. Does any other referee in the country apart from David Goff give that? <laughs> well, what I would say is I credit Paul Ganey because... He, was, he showed good game smarts there, you know. Like, at that stage, even if he gets a free and it's a, a tap-over point, you know, it's a good score to get from a breakaway and a possible black card anyway. So the fact he got up and put the, the idea in Goff's head... Do you think he said it to Goff? I think that no doubt he definitely said... Because you didn't know what the bloody rule was. Most people in the press box didn't know what the bloody rule was. I didn't know, I just said I'd forgotten <laughs> <laughs> but the rule hasn't been used I think that's the first time that rule has been I remember it was, it was given in a hurling championship match I think it was yeah, last James year. Roars out it's not hurling <laughs> but there was pandemonium because it, it was so harsh but yeah. I mean that is a goal scoring opportunity so look it's in black and white it's yeah. a very harsh decision if you're on the receiving end of it you're giving out if you're on the if you're the one that benefits from it you're kind of saying look it's, it's in the rules so. it's nearly like the incident in the, in the hurling championship a couple of years ago when uh, was it was it uh, Tip and Clare and cutting in from the sideline inside yeah, the 21 the one, yeah. and the penalty yeah, yeah. yeah that was controversial that, this, this wasn't as controversial I would say that one was, was very far away from the goals I mean this one is literally yeah. inside the 14 okay. he's bearing down on goal 
So it'll be 50-50 debate, but... Okay, that, that's the key moment. It's the 45th minute. Cork had just come out after the break, as you said. They kicked four of the first five points in the half. After the 45th minute, no other Kerry player scores until Tom O'Sullivan pops over a point in injury time, apart from David Clifford. He kicks one three in the second half. What happened to Kerry? That's a good question. Uh, there's something there's something just not right with Kerry at the moment. The, the only spell, really, they had of kind of intense pressure on Cork was in the first half the first 20 minutes Shawnee Shea was really to the fore got two or three from play same with David and Paddy Clifford they got their points from play but then it was almost a case of in the second half a little bit of the concentration went and there was nobody individually driving it on driving it on and really do you know when a team is going well you can hear them all encouraging each other and you can hear them say more 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 everyone just went a little bit quiet and into their into themselves and they let Cork build up that momentum and when the Cork crowd gets behind their team Cork are incredibly dangerous and it can be a lonely enough place out there like just like playing Dublin and Crow Park when the, the crow gets behind them you're on the back foot and you just need one or two to chip in with those important points and Tom Sullivan did get a great score to just to settle them down but you're right Kerry going forward in attack they, there's just something missing at the moment um, I was is it an attack though because Cork kind of dominated the middle third in that second half and even a man down Cork still got a handle on the game well at that stage Kerry were after weathering the storm so Cork came out at half time and they got they went from 9-4 to 10-9 down and then the, the penalty decision so Kerry were kind of on the ropes at that stage they needed they needed something to, to go their way I think it is up front. I think that if your if your forwards are being more incisive, they're kicking more points in play. Everyone is just is just feeling better about themselves. When the ball is being turned over up front, it's coming down the other end, and it's wave after wave after wave. No matter how good your defence is, eventually they're going to get back there. The only thing I will say is that Kerry did look fairly clinical. They don't they kick many wides, as opposed to Cork. Mm. Many of the chances Cork got in front of goals. They just they put in some really bad efforts, and if I could say anything about Cork improving, and if they improve again against Mayo, they'll rattle Mayo, no doubt about it. They need to get better shooters on the field because you can't be doing all that running, running, running to go up the field and kick it wide. And that is the story. Look, that's that is GA at the moment. Strength and conditioning is so important that you don't have these great kickers anymore. Every time Clifford kicks a point, we're ooing and eyeing because it's so rare. And I was thinking back to Kerry Corkes. Remember Colin Corkery, Dunnock O'Connor, Daniel Goulding, Colm O'Neill. These fellas, they'd kick, as Paddy Andrews called them, spinners from anywhere. Or they'd kick worldly points. And that is really going out of the game at the moment. If Cork could just focus on kicking from a little bit further out, like Sherlock did and Sweeney did in the second half, I think that would be a huge improvement for them. Like, let's just talk about that now, because McSweeney and Sherlock come in after the 47 minutes. They kick two points from play each. Sherlock had the free as well. Four beauties from play. And Cork in the first half had a lot of the ball, but attacks kept breaking down. Was it that they didn't have enough shooters? Or they're just not backing themselves? Like Kerry were just moving the ball so fast and they turned them over and they were getting scores on the other end. I put it clearly after the game, why didn't Sherlock start? Was it like the Monaghan decision a couple of weeks ago against, or last week against Derry? They dropped McManus and McCarran and bring in two runners. He said that he wanted to finish with uh, a strong team a stronger team strong shooters which is fair in a way but what do you think? That is the party line when you drop someone you say look we want to have him on the bench to, to finish strong look it is a thing where you have your finishers you have strong players to come on absolutely but 
if Cork had thrown over one or two extra ones in the first half, it would have made a huge difference. But the way Cork were attacking down in this end in the first half, they were hand-passing, hand-passing, breaking lines, getting runners off. It was all brilliant and it was lovely and right? oh, very incisive. But Kerry physically were so strong. Jack Barry stood up and turned people over. Darren Mine had it. Gavin White had a great turnover. And you could see Jason Foley and a couple more just get life from that and they celebrated those turnovers and that allowed Kerry to counter-attack. Whereas if Cork were just a bit cuter, they, they could still do the incision and their lines, but just have a couple of shooters hang out by the 45, they'd have got a shot off eventually, but they just don't have those kickers on the field. So we kind of had this debate, a separate debate at the weekend. We didn't really get into it in the football pod about the entertainment value of football at the minute. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we convince managers to bring more forwards in, more shooters? Is it, a, is it a trust thing? Is it trust? I suppose the way the way that a lot of managers see it is you're either you're either an out no forward or you're a defender basically. Do you know like they want as many defensive minded players on the field as possible and very often you can't fit in a player like Sherlock because he won't get in ahead of Hurley and maybe he won't work as hard as other fellas. Which is fair, you have to get the mix right. In this day and age, you have to be a very good defensive player as well as an attacking player if you're going to play corner forward. All the dubs talk about how Bernard Brogan changed that in his game when, when he was questioned on it. So I think that, that that is certainly a very important part of being a corner forward at the moment, getting back and tackling. But there is no point in being the best in the gym, the best in the runs, and you get in front of the goal and you kick it wide. Like, strength and conditioning coaches are one at the forefront of GA at the moment and they have a huge place but there has to be a better balance with the skills because at the moment any point that goes over we are saying that was absolutely fantastic but back in the day there was 20 of those a piece nearly going over the bar Do you know like it, it was it was a lot it was a lot more skillful in terms of in terms of shot taking at the moment we're kind of lagging behind in that area is there, is there anything we can do to change that? Is there anything way we can incentivise it? Is it like, or is it just are we lost? Is the corner forward a lost, a lost breed? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think. Would there have been another year in James O'Donoghue? <laughs> well, what are you saying about my defence? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything to be done about it. It's just a case of of it coming back around yeah. again. Yeah. At the moment, yeah. the focus <laughs> is on like when strength and conditioning came in first. It was like I'm not I'm not doing that. Mm. that, that that's I don't need to be doing the gym or whatever and you realise I do need to be doing that I don't need to be that fit you do need to be that fit and now it's kind of just forgotten a little bit of how important long range shooting is and shooting from plays because the, the other stuff will only get you so far it'll come back around again but I think the manager should really focus on it that lack of incision and attack aside Cork got so many things right today we, we kind of dismissed you a little bit on the football pod Paddy in particular saying oh Jimmy pulling out the Cork line again you were worried coming down here were you worried 10 minutes into the second half 20 minutes into the second half I don't think that I ever got worried necessarily I think the Kerry were were value for their victory but that said there's something in Cork they have something inside them where they can go and seriously pull out a big result so you're always a little bit tentative about, about Cork and I always say Kerry need Cork Kerry need Cork to be as good as they can be to test Kerry and improve Kerry and so we can have great days like today in Killarney and in Parky Cueve I said the Cork were going to be the team to watch at the start of the year well I picked, I picked someone 
different mm. I said they'd be the team to watch because they were on this curve and they've got Cleary in charge and I have great time for John Cleary I think he's a good manager they have some excellent forwards they're just probably not kicked on as fast as I thought they would but you can see the structure they have actually works quite well yeah. if they can just get the finishers on the field and in fairness to Hurley I thought he played very well today but he's only coming back from a, from a big injury so I, they'll, they'll definitely improve as the year goes on and if they they'll rattle Mayo they, there's no doubt about it do you it. think yeah They'll put, in a, they'll put in a shift against Mayo. Whether they'll win or not, I don't know. But regardless, they should come third in the group, which means they'll have a, a prelim game away, fair enough, against a second-place team in another group. And I wouldn't back against them in one of those games. Jeez, if Cork get another team here in Parky Cueve, we might just give people a look. Like, it's absolutely delightful. We're one of the last here now at the minute. But, like, the noise here, James, once it got going, mm. was something else. And the Cork crowd were really, really behind this team they applauded them off at the end at the end of the game and like the carry lads ran as quick as they could I think they were just happy to get out with their two points Cork football like how far away is it really do you think I don't know it's, a, it's hard to say on, on a, on a once off game and Cork haven't been shown that much on, on television this year we haven't actually yeah. seen that much of them to be fair from seeing them today they're not far away and it's great to see the supporters behind them because I've been involved in, in games against Cork where you could tell that the relationship between the, the team and the and the supporters was was fractured. So the fact that maybe the Cork public can see, geez, we can get behind this team, that does put something positive into the into Cork players' uh, heads because they need that support. Any team needs that support. Once the and I think it's a lot to do with the manager. I, a couple of the managers I have with Kerry were really good at getting the public on side with the team you know, especially in, in difficult periods you need that support how would they do that? In speaking to, to people like you in interviews and things like that where you just say look this team is coming we're trying this we're trying that we need you do you know you're part of this journey with us like all oh, that kind of stuff and maybe releasing the players to the media a bit more and, and letting them do you know, become mm. part of the whole scene I think that's very important because otherwise if there's a disconnect and the team is going badly there's no feel-good factor in the county. And I know for a fact that was the case in Cork for a while. It doesn't seem to be the case anymore, and the fact they were clapped off is a good sign. But what I will say is, there's only so many times that you can nearly beat your arch-rivals. And I've been there with Dublin and with other teams, even at club level. You're like, oh, no. so you need to then get over the line and beat them. So the next time Kerry play Cork, I think that there's going to be pressure on Cork to actually get the result and not just a performance. Forgive me now because I actually can't remember it. But what was your view of the Mark Keane goal in 2020? Were you where were you? I was at home. You I were was, injured, weren't you? Yeah, I had a hamstring injury. I was due to come back. I was due to come back for the the Tuesday night after it, and I was watching it at home. Yeah, with um, Jonathan Lyne. I think we were both. It was Jonathan Lyne still in the panel. It was during COVID, so there it were. It was during COVID, yeah, so we couldn't go to the game, and. We were get, honestly getting ready for for um, a big week and ball dropped into the square. Luke Connolly went for a point. Luke Connolly. And I always say that is the best way to score a goal is to take an old awkward shot, the you drop do. shot. You do say that. Um, and sure enough, and I think Kerry did everything right that time. We had uh, tall players in our own defence and looked at just yeah. a stroke of luck. But sometimes you can earn that luck and they, they did. There was just a moment that we had the view here of Matty Taylor bombing that ball in and there was no marking today so no. the, it, it, it was the 72nd minute. I think Shane Ryan actually came out and got a fist to it yeah. but there was just a moment as that ball was in the air you were like oh is this happening again mm. yeah. you see if you don't pull away from a team 
there's always that chance. You know, you need to be you need to be constantly tipping over on the scoreboard. Get one one or two extra points can make such a difference yeah. to to make a team go for a, a goal at the end rather than go for a point. And in fairness to Shane Ryan, he dealt very well with that. And that's that's the benefit of having <coughs> probably an out and out brilliant goalie that everyone else just has to box out their man. And Shane came up and and, yeah. and dealt with it. So kudos to him for doing that under pressure. This week on the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and yourself, we'll talk about what you want to see from Kerry next time out. I'm going to let you go now. You're going to make it back to Killarney this evening. Your dad came to the game with you today, so we'll let you hit the road. Will we, be, will we be a bit more upbeat this Monday? We were a bit down on football last week on the pod. I don't know whether we were all hungover or something, or the hay fever was getting all three of us, but I, th- I thought we were a bit downbeat last week. Like There's 16 games this weekend. Can we uh, tell the listeners there'll be a bit more excitement? I think there... There, well, there was excitement today, wasn't there? There was. There was. Um, after Roscommon put on a clinic, as you said uh, last week. <laughs> I did say it. <laughs> um, I think that today was an excellent game. It was up and down the field. Very entertaining. Any, any, any attack usually resulted in either a turnover mm. or a shot at the post relatively quickly. We weren't waiting and waiting and waiting, hand-passing laterally. I think that that is very important for the game, that we can actually look at attacking play. So... 100% will be more positive um, and as well what people don't realise is there's a lot of different levels playing each other at the moment in this competition whereas the best football is going to be played when the best eight teams and the best four teams and the best two are there those games those quarterfinal semi-final final games are going to be the pick of the games it's all being set up that's why there's three well the reason there's three through is to stop the dead rubbers but with three through there's going to be no big surprise of a team missing out so the, the big eight when they start playing each other that's when the real quality is going to kick in I think yeah. so we have, we have that to look forward to great stuff James enjoy today safe home thanks Tom see you soon